0: Did you see the opening ceremony at all? No. Dude, they had this probably 1,000-foot diameter globe made of like 4,000 drones. It was pretty freaking incredible.
1: That sounds cool.
0: As expected from Japan.
1: Yeah, they're going to do something cool. This
0: thing was hovering over the stadium. It was awesome. I I thought the uh, lighting of the flame was a little bit lackluster. They had uh, Naomi Osaka to do it, which was great. But the, the the actual cauldron is beautiful, but the the, the you know nothing's ever going to come close to a flaming arrow. I'm sorry.
1: Well, there's that, and then I'm always a believer at the lighting of the the torch or the light. You know, the person who does the the lighting should be. How do I say this? A like I remember when Muhammad Ali did it, right?
0: Well, if you think about Naomi Osaka and what she represents, born in Japan, raised in the United States, back in Japan, you know, representing as a tennis player, one of the top tennis players in the world. Uh, I think that that was probably as good a choice as you can come up with.
1: But is it a, is it a choice that's in the now? You know, it's just they, they did it because she's kind of the thing right now. Sure. Yeah. Everlasting legacy of Japanese culture and sport.
0: Yeah. Interesting point. But she does certainly bridge cultures. And I think that that was part of the consideration here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I I just don't I don't look at her as like a legend in sports.
0: yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, she's not even, you know, as as highly accomplished as a Serena Williams. But, you know, if you uh, if you think about it. You know, Japan has certainly a number of sporting legends, but none of them being, you know, worldwide household names compared to Naomi right now. So I suppose that it, was it feels like a
1: right now choice. But I don't know who who Japan's sporting legends are from days gone by, or you know, cultural cool legends. Yeah,
0: would have been uh, cool to have Yamamoto do it.
1: Shohei <laughs> <laughs> Otani,
0: uh huh, yeah,
1: the baseball player.
0: And in fact, they they had a number of the old time baseball players, you know, from who would started out in the Japanese leagues and today are are old guys. But, uh, you know, they shuffled out there and did some of the handoff because they did something like seven handoffs of the flame. And I thought that that was pretty nice, you know, that they they did indeed uh, give tribute to Japan's baseball legends there by doing that uh, NBC. So lame. I couldn't, it's so hard to watch NBC. Anyway, moving onward and upward. What a day yesterday at Yuma no Uh, you and I were, uh, watching the thing live and, and following along and trading texts and messages. And we were talking yeah. with Brady and with Mac and uh, I had a chance to talk with uh, Chris Webster. It was a tough event. Um, to be honest, I you know the, the ladies had a much easier time of it, the wind conditions. You gotta understand for those of you who are are just uh joining us for the podcast. You've got to understand. Oh, by the way, this is Easton Podcast number 140. I'm George Techmichov here with Steve the Big Cat Anderson, and we are uh looking at the first day of competition, the ranking round at is-
1: yeah, Olympic this is our our, uh, our qualification round analysis. I guess you would call it, right?
0: You got it. Yeah. So that's that's what we're we have doing. Have us and
1: there in the studio breaking it down. Exactly. ESPN so, style.
0: Uh huh. Let's just jump right into it. Um, you know, the first ever Great. Olympic mixed team lineup has been decided as a part of this. That's a big deal. I'm I'm not going to put too fine a point on it. It is a big deal that we're going to have this mixed team competition approximately 12 hours from now as we speak. And um, I will bet there weren't too many archers in that opening ceremony crowd uh, because, you know, they've got to get up and and shoot pretty soon. Mixed teams are ranked on the combined total of the high-scoring man and high-scoring woman, And, uh, you know, it's still true, however, that the qualifying nations actually had until the end of the men's ranking round to make changes in the lineup. Two squads chose to make a switch. That's China and France. Uh, China has put in uh, Yang Xiaolei instead of Wu Xixin and Li Xiaolun instead of Wang Peng. Now, France, this is interesting. France took Pierre Plihon, who was ranked 36th in the ranking round, and changed him out for Jean-Charles Valladon. Uh, Jean-Charles was ranked 57th. Jean-Charles had a bad day. 57th out of 64. Um, but John Charles is being paired up with Lisa Barbalin, um, the European champion. Now, this lineup was apparently decided some time ago, but this is a, a pretty bold decision, I guess, because if John Charles' qualifying score had been used instead of that of Pierre, the French team would not have made the cut. Really? Yeah. They would have missed the cut, and they would have been eliminated.
1: So this is
0: a interesting choice. Now, Korea that is uh,
1: that is very interesting. Yeah, I didn't know it would. Well, I guess I guess I knew that the rank would stand as it was, but you know that's not something you ever see happen. We've never really talked about that. So right, yeah. So for those who don't know, they they decide the mixed team ranking by it's pretty simple. It, they add it. They add the two. Scores together, the man from, and the woman. Yeah. In this case, the highest ranking archers on your team. So if if I was competing in women's recurve and George was in men's recurve and and we both ranked number one on our teams, they would add our scores together and then wherever that falls, that's where we'd rank in mixed team. So they took Pierre's score, which was higher, yep, a lot higher. Team, but then the French team slid John Charles into the spot, which was decided yep. beforehand. Yeah, way beforehand apparently. But if they hadn't done, if they had used John Charles' score, they would have not made the cut. Correct. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, because the cuts to sixteen. Let's just run them down real quick here. Korea, An San, uh, Mm -hmm. and Kim de Kim. Let's not run them down.
1: It'll take forever. Let's go through.
0: Let's go through uh, some of the highlights. Well, one highlight is what I'm about to mention. An San, uh, new Olympic record with her qualifying score. Yes. Jim Dijuk, Uh just a tremendous performance from this 17-year-old guy from Korea, finished <laughs> with a 60.
1: Uh, but, will he be at World Junior Championships this year? Yeah, maybe probably. so. Maybe so. Yeah, <laughs> we <be> will. Surprised. <laughs> Why not?
0: But you so, know what? You know, you know what made is me maybe he a really junior? Or, yeah, or is he a cadet? Uh, technic- yeah, you know what? I, I, 17 would be a... I, I think he'd be a... I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. The point is... Young guy. Fearless, right? But boy, does he back it up with scores. But you know what made me happy? You know what made me happy. Seeing Mackenzie Brown finish the highest of any American woman in an Olympic ranking round or qualification round since 1992. She finished fifth yesterday. The... Last time we had an American woman that high was Denise Parker in 1992 in Barcelona, who also finished fifth in that qualification round in Barcelona. So we used to have more slots then. And there was a cut. And Denise was fifth, uh, just got matched by Mac. Brady Ellison charged up the field. He shot the highest score in the second half in tough conditions. Tough conditions, Steve, as you know. Uh, right. we, had a, we had a tailwind of about – 14, 15 miles an hour in that venue. That's a tough thing because there's a big stand behind the archers, a three story structure that was put there a couple of years ago. And so the wind is coming over the top of that and then slamming down right in the middle of the field. And it was really bad because the American archers, the men were dead center on that field. Not anywhere near the wind socks, which were really the only reliable wind indicator on the field. Mac told me, Mackenzie, that because she was on the far right, the American women were on the far right on that field. They had some advantage because they could see immediately what was going on with the wind. Not so for the men. And so um, Brady and Jack and Jacob had a tough time yesterday. But Brady really turned it on in the second half when the wind got even stronger. And he shot a great score to take him to second place in the qualifying round. For me, a real highlight. Um, It's noteworthy Japan. Uh, Azusa Yamauchi and Hiroki Muto are third in the mixed team. Mexico was fourth, so I was not far off in my prognostication that we'd see good stuff from Mexico. You were surprised by Luis. Yeah, Luis
1: has been shooting... Yeah, Abuelo, as they call him. He hasn't shot Abuelo. great scores from what I've seen this year. Um, so I guess he, you know, he found it at the right time. And there's a number of people who have, have done that.
0: Yep. Yep. I mean, come on. If you're gonna if you're gonna perform the Olympic Games is the place to do it, and we're seeing that from El Abuelo. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. He's teamed up with the uh, great Alejandro Valencia. And uh, that could be a powerhouse team as well. So
1: we'll see they've what happens. They've got a nice. They've got a nice bracket. Their their uh, their path will start with Germany, and then they'll have either Great Britain or China, and then it would be the semis against. Uh, you know, likely of, <laughs> this is this is the worst part of the bracket. The top uh, the top four ma- or the top two matches. Uh, yep. Korea will face Bangladesh, and then. The winner of that faces the winner of India and Chinese Taipei. India and Chinese Taipei didn't have great qualification rounds, but I think they're going to be two of the stronger teams. It's going to be a pretty tough uh, pretty tough top half of the bracket for everyone
0: involved. Absolutely agree. Uh, by the way, I'm not going to tell you that Japan does it does not have a good shot at uh, doing some great stuff in this thing. Um, no, they, I,
1: I, Japan will – so they'll have – France. If they get through that, it'll be Italy or Netherlands. I would, I would probably pick Netherlands and that'll be a tough match. Um, Turkey competes against Russia. That'll be a tough match for, for both of them. Uh, USA against Indonesia. There's so many, so many good archers across the board and where you're only, you're taking your best one, right? Your best ones. You're taking the person who's shooting the best from the team, which, You know, kind of eliminates that variable of, oh, so-and-so had a bad day. But as a team, you know, they're looking pretty strong. So it's different. But I definitely like Japan and USA, uh, their side of the bracket better than I do the top half.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Russia, by the way, um, one of the Russian women collapsed, uh, had sunstroke right after scoring was completed yesterday. Which Uh, one? gives you some – so, yes, yeah, Svetlana Gomboyeva was done competing and checking her scores, and Reuters says she fainted. Um, the chief doctor of the Russian Olympic team said she had a sunstroke. And uh, the coach of Russia says it's the first time he's seen this kind of thing happen. They were training in Vladivostok, uh, which is on the um, east coast of Russia, and the weather is real similar. But there was more humidity, and it turns out that she couldn't, couldn't deal with the uh, whole day out in the heat. Uh, she was taken out in a stretcher, regained consciousness quickly with uh, ice bags, according to Reuters. So, they're going to change up the hydration and rest schedule for the whole team, probably uh, as a result of this, certainly for Svetlana. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you cannot, I've said this before on the podcast, you cannot discount the conditions in Tokyo at this time of year. Uh, I came real close to getting sunstroke right at that same location a few years ago uh, in a competition and, uh, it is nothing to, nothing to trivialize. It's a serious thing, but, uh, thankfully she's okay. Um, she's saying that she's fine. She says that she's got a headache, but, um, she's ready to keep continuing. Uh, you know, so that's, that's a positive thing, but, uh, yeah, it's something that everybody's going to have to keep an eye on. And, you know, that's one reason why I'm concerned about the folks from the Netherlands, for example. I mean, this is, this is no joke.
1: Yeah, that uh, if you're not prepared for it, you know, it could drop you pretty quick. And and even the people who are, um, you know, not necessarily fainting or passing out, but it, I mean, it can just wipe a person out there.
0: Well, it just it, it could you, yeah. turn
1: it into a tournament. Now, thankfully for most, they, they won't be. It won't be out enduring long days consecutively like you would, at you know, say a normal world cup. But if people aren't paying attention, you know, say they've, say they've got two days until their match or a day until their match or whatever, and they're out practicing like crazy, you know, and then they they might go, Oh, you know, I feel okay, but just tires them out even faster. So it's one of those situations where you could not necessarily over train, but overexpose yourself pretty quickly. Yep. Uh, you got to you got to figure
0: that if you're a coach or a team manager at one of these things, your number one job is, is staying on top of the condition of the athlete, making sure they stay hydrated, getting them in the shade, all that stuff. Right. You know, they were taking breaks between the halves, but uh, clearly uh, that was a tough day out in the sun. Hey, how about the American women?
1: Well, let's uh before we go there, let's let's make some picks here on the, all right. the on mixed, mixed team. teams. All right. Uh, You've got the brackets there. I've got the bracket. So do you have yours pulled up? Yep. All right. So I'm just going to run down my, I'm going to give you my top half semifinal matchup. Okay. I think it's going to be Korea against Mexico. Interesting. So when we
0: look at the mixed team situation, you got to recognize that you've got some powerhouses in here. India, for example, I think India is going to be a tough one. Uh, And, you know, unfortunately, Korea comes up against India in that bracket of the quarterfinals. So, I mean, you know, presuming that Korea gets past Bangladesh and presuming that India gets past Chinese Taipei, then it's Korea versus India. I don't see India beating Korea. Uh, That's uh, another interesting factor. Of course, everybody was looking forward to India being Atnu Das and her and his husband, excuse me. Let me back. I'm gonna I'm just gonna edit that out. Everybody was looking forward to India being Atnu Das and his wife, Deepika Kumari, but Pravin Jadhav is on the team. So you don't get that husband and wife combi that a lot of folks were looking forward to. Right. I don't think I don't think Korea and India is gonna serve is gonna see a situation where India is gonna survive in the quarterfinals. So that puts yeah. them up against probably China and probably Mexico. And then I think you'll see semifinals, you know, probably being Korea and Mexico, like you just said. But then you got to look at uh, the second half of the bracket, Japan, France, Italy, Netherlands, Turkey. Uh, I'm going to say Russia. They're not calling them Russia at these games because of sanctions, but the uh, Russian Olympic committee team, Indonesia, USA. I think USA is going to get past Brady and uh, Brady and Mackenzie are going to get past Indonesia with no trouble. I think they'll be either turkey or russia and that puts them in position to either have to be up against japan or probably netherlands
1: that's how i see it too
0: you know uh and i I can't call that one because japan could do well but if if usa gets past japan then we're seeing potentially brady and mckenzie against ansan and kim di and that's going to be a tough but spectacular match
1: yeah, so I'm gonna pick USA, Japan on the bottom half of that bracket, um, and then and then from there, yeah, it, it you know it's kind of anybody's game. But yeah, I just I, don't, I, do
0: I just don't see, I don't see anybody getting past Korea in that top half of the bracket.
1: The real, the real thing here, the the story to me is Taipei and India kind of blowing it.
0: Yeah, uh, honestly, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but France too, I mean, they should. Yeah, but, man, I'll tell you what. France is – if they have shot themselves in the foot, we'll see it pretty quick because it'll be well, first pass.
1: France did – France – they they didn't qualify great, but they got lucky and got on the right side, you know. I mean, they, they qualified much worse than India or Taipei, uh, but they have a much easier path to
0: – Yeah, they bracketed – they bracketed okay, but I – you know, they got to get past Japan first. Yeah. And then uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, first pass is going to be Japan versus France. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that's going to be tough for France. Um, when we when we make these prognostications, of course, you know, twelve hours away from the start of this thing, uh, we'll see what happens. A lot could a lot could change weather wise and and some other factors. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, at least for teams. The ranking round can be a good indicator of performance. Now, with that said, Steve, the ranking round has never been a great indicator of the finals for the Olympic games.
1: No, and and especially a ranking round like this one, because you saw so many people who kind of turned around. Well, you saw you saw it both ways. You saw people who came out hot and then faded, and you saw people who came out had to figure it out and then really finished strong. I would look at a, an archer's back half or even their uh, you know, 54 arrow finals, uh, final, uh, as more of an indicator of what happened, you know, kind of pull the first 18 arrows out and, and give them the benefit of the doubt that they were figuring out the field. But uh, you know what,
0: that's, that's very insightful. I tend to agree with your point of view there. However, there's two outliers. One of them is Ansan, the Korean archer who just shot great the whole time, set an Olympic record that has stood since 1996. Now, technically, that Olympic record would have been broken in 2004 by Miss Puck. However, at that time, the ranking round was conducted before the day of the opening ceremony, which made it ineligible for an Olympic record. The exception for yesterday is, and also for the London Games, uh, that ranking round took place the same day as the opening ceremony, and so it's accepted as a record. That's that's what's going on there.
1: That's the dumbest um, thing I've ever heard.
0: It's yeah. Well, I, I'm not going to disagree that there's something to be said for maybe a little bit of an injustice there for Miss Puck because she would have had the record that would still stand, by the way.
1: What was score? Uh, seven twenty
0: two. Excuse me. Six eighty two. OK. Out of out of a seven twenty uh, back in 2004. Did she win gold medal that year? She did indeed. She probably doesn't care.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> now Ansan, uh, by the way, that was also the same year that she shot the 1405. Or the you know, that later that year she shot the fourteen oh five. So she was just unbelievably good. But Ansan, uh the Korean archer Ansan, uh twenty twenty years old, um, gets the new record beating that of Lisa harasimenko uh, of Ukraine, shot of uh, six seventy-three in Atlanta, seven point uh advantage over that one uh you know there was some win for the women but nothing like what the men dealt with
1: right but how about Mackenzie?
0: how about Mackenzie? huh
1: she uh has really since first world cup this year she has been on an upward trajectory it doesn't seem to be stopping agreed and it turns out her secret is matcha brownies (laughs) or at least that's that's what she told me um then you know, order up all of us some matcha brownies, but I have a feeling that's a bit of a Michael Jordan Space Jam type secret. I
0: told her she needs to get some matcha ice cream because matcha ice cream is better than anything else. Hmm. Anyway, Ansang of Korea, number one. Jang Min He of Korea, number two. Kang Che Young of Korea, number three. Alejandra Valencia was fourth. Mac with a 668, putting her in fifth place, just ahead of Ida Rahman. And then seventh was Azusa Yamauchi of Japan. Uh, pretty great performances all around uh, from the women. Uh, the men, like I said, it was a tough day yesterday out there, Steve. Um, you know, when you consider <clears throat> when you consider the potential for the men's scores, only Kim Di Jok um, really showed what he can really do. But to your point, Brady, second half, so strong um if you look at, at as you pointed out 56 arrows that Brady threw in yeah that just was huge and Brady was able to figure out the wind unfortunately the rest of the american men were not as easily able to deal with the conditions i think um with both jack and jacob not shooting to their potential but you know it's the ranking round it's not uh, it's not everything it uh it just puts you in the brackets. Want to jump got, into the women?
1: They got fortunate that their their uh, ranking performance. Well, they didn't get fortunate. I take that back. They're 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 in a pretty tough bracket as a team. They, they'll yeah. see if they win their first match. They'll they'll be up against Japan. Yep. And then I would rather have seen Korea. them in
0: seventh. Maybe seventh would have been a better place bracket wise. You know. Yeah. Um, there was no thought given to playing the brackets. I, I talked to Chris, and there was absolutely no thought given to trying to game the brackets. They, they just you know, let it fall where it does was the, uh, was the philosophy. And I think that's a wise choice. The last time I remember personally somebody trying to play the game with brackets, they, they ended up with a really irritated athlete. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you got other teams playing that same game. You're just not. You're just not gonna. You can't do it. it just yeah, can't beyond be
1: that, you know what? They've they've gone up against Korea in the semis and beat them. So yep, yep. If you if you want to win gold, right? We're not here to try to make the gold medal match and be content with second. If you want to win the gold medal, it's historically going to go through Korea. So you might as well beat them in the semis.
0: <laughs> you know who else impressed me yesterday is Ojin oh Jin Hyuk. Ended up third. It's Great second back. half. Um, Kim Woo-jin just behind him. But how about that, Ojin oh, jin hyuk coming back and, uh, and, and moving way up the board into third place in the second half. Kim did Joke of Korea, number one. Brady Ellison of the United States, number two. Uh, six points behind Mr. Kim. O-jin-hyuk oh, of Korea, one point behind Brady. Kim Woo-jin, one point behind O. Oh. And then Muto, Hiroki Muto of Japan, Two points behind Kim Wood Jin for fifth place. You got Steve Weiler.
1: I would say if people look at uh, the scorecards, you know, if they look at the official results list, it'll show them the first round. Then the second round, it'll say, you know, like, let's take Brady's score. It says 337 slash seven. That means he was seventh place in Correct. that round. 345 slash one. So Brady was the highest score in the second half. Oh yep. was third, and Hiroki Muto, who started really good, and then had a just one bad end, I think, uh, in the first half. He closed really hard too, so yep. looking pretty good. Yep. And your favorite archer is in the top ten.
0: Meet. Yep. Mete Gazoz of Turkey, tenth uh, place, just ahead of him, Dennis Gankin of Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan could be a threat,
1: Steve. All Kazakhstan. jokes aside. Kazakhstan will be uh, their eighth seed in the men's team. They, for those who, you know, you say jokes aside because people like to make Borat jokes and whatnot. But in probably 2017-ish, maybe it's I don't know, 2016, 17, 18, somewhere in there, the years blend together. Kazakhstan was like Korea's kryptonite in men's team. Yep, And it looks like they very well may be facing off again uh, should Kazakhstan win their first match, which is against uh, India. If they can get through India, they'll be up against Korea and they get a chance to play spoiler once more.
0: Yep. Your your top teams are Korea, uh, number one. Netherlands was number two. China, one point behind them for third. Japan, fourth. And then you've got USA one point behind Japan for fifth. Then you got Chinese Taipei, Indonesia, and Kazakhstan for the top eight. Um, I'll tell you what, let's just jump into that bracket for the recurve men's teams and make some prognostications.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think I cut you off earlier. You were talking about Steve Weiler. I was uh, in the, I think he was seventh or eighth. And then uh, chef was right there as well. So. Yep. Yeah, Steve. Steve qualified sixth. Chef qualified eighth, and then uh, Guy Broxma, their other teammate, qualified fourteenth. They're sitting second overall.
0: Yeah, pretty strong. Yeah, pretty strong. Now uh, you're impressed with Guy. I know that.
1: Yeah, that kid. Uh, uh, he's a competitor, right? He doesn't give a rip. I like it.
0: I was impressed with Chef because Chef is one of those guys. He. A lot of people don't know that Chef's going to be retiring after these games. And part of the reason is because he gets these just unbelievably uh, painful headaches when competing outdoors, I think. And I think that's part of it. Shooting in the heat and all that stuff. Chef brought it yesterday. 670. Good score. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and Steve Weiler, you can't you cannot take anything away from Steve Weiler with a 675. So, China, no. the men of China certainly outperformed the women of China. Um, you know, for third place, Japan uh, would have been way higher, but unfortunately, Takaharu Furukawa was uh, struggling a little bit um, yesterday. Ended up, you know, with a second half that was better for sure. Picked up seven points on the second half, but uh, still, his teammates Yuki Kawata. And Hiroki Muto, uh, they, they shot scores right up there with the top five, six men. Uh, Takaharu, however, was kind of on the opposite side of the board. And uh, I think he, I've seen this kind of thing before. I think he'll come back strong for the brackets. But
1: uh, it's hard to break- say. I mean, looking at every result that obviously they had very tough conditions and some guys, this is how it always works out. When you have tough conditions, some guys figure it out and they get in a groove and they just shoot. And other guys, they they're doing all they can and it's just not playing in their favor. And here's an interesting thing. If you're looking at the results page, Steve Weiler finished sixth, his half scores in the first half, he was fourth place in the second half. He had the seventh highest score. So, and he finished sixth, right? That kind of makes sense. Fourth and seventh puts you in the neighborhood. Chef, who was two positions back of him, eighth overall, his placements at half, first half sixteenth, second half eleventh, and it moved him up into eighth. So what that tells you is there's a whole lot of guys in there who may have shot, you know, a good first half or a good second half, but the parity between the two halves was significant enough. That a guy who just maintained kind of an average score, front half, back half, was able to move up into eighth place. Pretty crazy. Absolutely.
0: Looking at the brackets, uh, Korea's got a bye for the uh, one-eighth elimination round. Uh, it'll be India versus Kazakhstan. I'm, um, You know, if if Kazakhstan gets past India, like we were talking about earlier, they meet in the quarterfinals with Korea and that could be real interesting USA versus France, uh, in the one eighth. And I've got to say that I think USA is going to do it.
1: That comes Japan's down to, a, you know, uh, Jack and Jacob didn't shoot their best. Jean Charles didn't shoot his best who figures it out, you know, between now and then that's, that's yep. the difference. I think.
0: And it'll be the same field, but the conditions probably won't be the same by that point. Now you've got uh, Japan with a buy. Um, and they find themselves up against the winner of USA versus France. So if I had to uh, make a guess right now, I'm afraid that uh, it would be pretty obvious. I think USA should get past Japan if those guys get past France and if those guys do figure it out, if Jack and Jacob can can get themselves back into what they normally can shoot. Otherwise, Japan's going to...
1: They'll shoot these matches on the final stage, correct?
0: I believe you're right. Yeah. yeah so it's so a different condition.
1: Is it facing the same direction as the qualification? It is.
0: The the two fields are parallel to each other and facing the exact same direction, but the, the structures around them are different. Nice. And you know, you gotta remember only 30 minutes of practice was available to everybody on that finals field. So it's right. it's gonna be fresh for everybody
1: including the Japanese team, they didn't get to like go out there for a few months and
0: no, huh? No. The Japanese team was doing a lot of their shooting at, uh, what used to be the Yamaha resort in Shizuoka, uh, about an hour's train ride from Tokyo by bullet train. And so, you know, I don't think that you're going to see, uh, anybody walking out there with a home field advantage per se. And, you know, certainly with no crowd, There's no home field advantage from that perspective either.
1: What would happen if you stuck your bow out the window of a bullet train and shot Uh, it? It would it would be pulled off your hands because the bullet train's
0: going about 160 miles an hour. It would be real tough. You'd have to give the target a heck of a lead.
1: Well, if you shot it like if you shot it straight, like in in the same direction the train was traveling, would you catch up to the arrow? Uh, yeah, the arrow even pretty much. You'd catch up to the arrow about three seconds after
0: launching it. Anyhow, moving to the bottom half of the bracket, I think of the TV commercial that could make. Yes, but you'd never be able to open a window in a bullet train anyway. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be a good thing. One hundred and sixty mile an hour wind coming into a train car, no good.
1: Oh.
0: Anyway, uh, Australia takes on Chinese Taipei. Uh, you know. Uh, Australia seeded 11th Chinese Taipei seated sixth. the numbers would tell you Chinese Taipei should take it but you've got some very experienced guys shooting for Oz
1: yeah and those uh two of the three were uh medalists in the team round in Rio so they've been there yep they, Ryan they are, indoor they're gonna find into- their stride I bet they'll find yep. their stride here You know, Dave
0: Barnes, part of Australia's team from the 04 Olympic Games that took the bronze medal. And you've got uh, Taylor Wirth, who has been the bet noir for Brady Ellison in past years. Um, So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Chinese Taipei. They did not meet some of the expectations that have been set for them. Got Indonesia versus GBR, uh, Indonesia seventh, GBR 10th, fairly closely ranked. But I think Indonesia is going to pull it out. Uh, And then they'll find themselves up against Netherlands. I think we'll see China versus Australia in the uh, quarterfinals. I think we're going to see Korea versus Kazakhstan uh, in the quarterfinals. Uh, I think we'll see USA versus Japan in the quarterfinals. And then after that, if Korea survives Kazakhstan, (laughs) it'll be be USA or Japan versus Korea in the uh, semis.
1: And I've got uh, Korea in the semis. I'm gonna go with my hometown boys, the U.S. in the semis. Well, then I'm, gonna I'm gonna go t- with my. Go ahead.
0: I'm I'm gonna go with my adopted hometown boys. I think Takaharu and Yuki and Hiroki are gonna are gonna manage something good. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I you know that wouldn't surprise me, but I will never, never go against the U.S. Not ever because I'm an American patriot. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> me too
0: to be honest, but uh, for the purposes of the podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna differ with
1: you on this one. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, that's, I'm that's gonna, a- honestly I'm gonna celebrate whichever
1: whichever team makes it. Honestly, yeah, I mean, obviously, I have no personal relationship with Japan, so there's that. You do. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if either team won. You know, I mean, US has a tough match to begin. the The French team, you know that we've seen them shoot good recently and they get excited about team rounds. So yeah. All right. Bottom half of the bracket, who do you got? When you look at the bottom half of the
0: bracket, you've got to factor in that you've got China. Uh, Like we said, you know, they could be taking on either Australia or Chinese Taipei. You could be looking at uh, certainly Netherlands, I think is your, is your logical uh, contenders. I think we're going to see China versus Netherlands.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking Taipei is going to beat Australia and I think they're going to beat China. And I think that will be uh, interesting. Indonesia is going to beat the, the British squad. Yep. And then Netherlands is going to mow through them. And Netherlands is going to mow through Taipei. And Netherlands is going to mow through whoever else is in the gold medal match. I think they win the whole thing.
0: Well, that would be up against either Korea or. Maybe the USA or maybe Kazakhstan. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to call that one because that's a toughie. Well, but, uh,
1: the problem is we can't come back. Like they don't set the final stage, right? They're going to shoot these matches all in a go, one go. Yep. So we won't get to come back and say, okay, tomorrow in the gold medal match, blah, blah, blah. You know, so this. This is kind of you got to be on your you got to be watching you got to be paying attention as things develop if you're a fan.
0: When we consider the recurve women's teams now and look at the situation, uh, Korea is so dominant that the, the, you know their next opponent is going to be either Great Britain or Italy. Uh, I'm thinking Italy's going to make it past Great Britain, but Korea is going to steamroll her. I honestly think that.
1: Hold on, George. Sorry. Really sorry. So sorry. Tim, the IT guy, just interrupted this podcast. It's live going out to millions of listeners. So sorry. Okay. Well, make sure gone. you make him Tim, feel
0: make make sure you make him feel really guilty. IT guys do stuff like this all the time.
1: <laughs> he, he didn't know what to do. He was like, he just got out of there as fast as he could. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love messing with IT guys, uh, do
1: Yeah, my computer is going to get nerfed here pretty soon.
0: All right, so we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> okay. make this quick. The, uh, so Korea versus either GBR or Italy, uh, Korea is just going to storm through that one. Now you've got in, in the other bracket there, you've got China versus Belarus. Uh, I'm thinking China. And then they're going to find themselves up against Japan. Uh, I think Japan's going to get past China. And I think you're going to see Korea versus Japan for the semifinal putting Japan in position to shoot for the bronze, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, probably. Now, the USA
0: is in a good bracket. USA is in a good bracket. Um, USA women of Mackenzie Brown, Casey Koffold, and Jennifer Musino Fernandez are up against um, either Ukraine or the uh, team of Russia. That could be tough.
1: Those Russian women, sometimes they're so good. Sometimes you don't know what you're going to get out of them. It's really hard to say.
0: Yep. Same for Ukraine. Ukraine team can be tough. Um, Now, Russia was sixth. Ukraine was 11th. I'm still thinking, though, Ukraine has a shot, particularly if Svetlana does not come back 100% from her heat stroke. Uh, I think that could be a factor.
1: Yeah, that's Um, true.
0: Veronica Marchenko from Ukraine started out really, really well and must yep. have had some kind of a problem, some kind of an equipment failure or yeah, something. Yeah, that screenshot,
1: huh? She, yeah, she, was, shot a she had a miss.
0: Yeah, something weird, something strange happened to Veronica. Um, she shot fairly strong for the rest of it, but that cost her big time. Uh, the other bracket is Chinese Taipei versus Germany. Aye, I'm thinking even though Germany is ranked 3 places behind Chinese Taipei Germany could bring it out Uh, a lot's going to depend on how Charlene Schwartz performs Michelle Kropin and Lisa Anru highly experienced shooters Uh, it's going to be a lot of weight on Charlene's shoulders to keep up with her teammates Uh, Chinese Taipei with a pretty strong team Tanya Ting Lin Xia and Lei Xin Ying but no matter how that goes, they're going to be up against Mexico and Mexico is going to be a brick wall. Mexico is going to be tough. Uh, Ida Roman, Alejandro Valencia and Ana vasquez If those three get their game together, they are going to possibly go all the way to the gold medal match.
1: Yeah. So in that scenario, you know, the, this year, Aida has not been at her top form and Ana Pal Vasquez has been shooting pretty darn good. And that yep. kind of flipped yesterday, you know, Yeah. Uh, Anna Powell didn't have her best day, not even close to it. Uh, she's typically been hanging right around the same scores as Alejandra. And Alejandra has been typically in the top five, top eight this year.
0: Just so, a solid performer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If they get, if they get them all on the same page, you know, keep Aida at a good form, Alejandra shows up and then uh, Anna Powell figures something out. Yeah. I think they'll, I think they'll be in the gold match, uh, you know, looking at the, The Germany Taipei matchup. Um, You know, we could have had another husband-wife mixed team if uh, if we'd seen Lisa in the mixed team, but uh, she was bested by Michelle Kropin. So I think I think there. I think Taipei takes it. They're they're a very experienced team. They've historically been a lot better than the seventh rank that they they got yesterday. They're to me in my eyes, they're usually the second or third best team. Um, so I think they, I think they could give Mexico a lot of trouble. That'll be an interesting matchup. And then, yeah, we'll see what happens with Ukraine and Russia. But again, I, I think it's Russia. That's what, that's what my instinct tells me And Russia. Just don't know. They might be world beaters or they might be, uh, you know, showing up, uh, at, at a participation level only. So it's hard to say.
0: It is hard to say. We'll see what happens. Let's I'm jump over, over to the, the men's. A. Okay, I'm with you.
1: USA and... Uh, USA, Mexico in the semi there. And that's a tough, that's a very tough match. I won't go any further in my prognostications. Korea, Japan on the other side. Korea winning that semi.
0: Yeah, so Japan versus Mexico maybe for the bronze?
1: I won't go any further with my
0: prognostications, but yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Hey, we've got Tom Dillon lined up to join us after the mixed team, uh, event is finished in, uh, you know, in, in the same calendar day that we're speaking right now. So we'll be back for another podcast with Tom, uh, to break down the outcome of this historic mixed team event. This is a big deal, Steve, this, uh, this concession from the IOC to give us another medal at these games is huge and great for our sport. And I think that uh, it is, you know, moving forward. I think it's going to be one of the highlights when we look back at these games.
1: You really got to be into archery to endure, to listen through this whole podcast. Like I, it's hard to listen to it for, I think for us, we're sitting here with the brackets in front of us. It gives us a visual of what we're talking about as well, you know, I wish that's why I say they gotta get us get us there on site, get us a nice studio, some graphics, we'll throw it all up on there. We'll create a script, we'll stick to the topic, and and uh, people could have a nice analysis of, of what's happening in archery, even get some interviews with the archers, but
0: well, wow. you know, if it wasn't going to irritate world archery or potentially irritate NBC, I, I think you and I would probably be doing a live stream somewhere with our own commentary on this. I think that would be fun.
1: Like while, while it was going on.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So people could yeah. watch it on their, you know, the NBC has got great streaming, um, super easy to, to watch it on NBC, it's a ton of commercials. Holy. But uh, I think we could have fun with
1: that. Maybe the next Olympics will set up like a little video thing, you know, actual, uh look, look, look just a little produce studio deal here, whatever. If I were World R3, I would absolutely be working with INSEO to have a bracket challenge for fans to interact with. Just like just like uh you know, March Madness. You go and pick your winners and similar type point system, right? You get they say one point for a first round pick and and second for a second round and blah 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 and uh just some type of prize at the end i think i think as easton we'd be willing to donate into a prize pool it'd be a cool thing and i don't think it would be incredibly difficult for someone with knowledge of coding and whatnot to do
0: so to wrap up, uh, there's an article that uh, Jeff Kirschman put together about Brady. Um, and Brady said this, just for perspective, uh, whatever hype that surrounds his appearance at these games, he thinks it's unwarranted. Uh, he has new priorities. He's saying, if I never win another Olympic medal, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm going home to a beautiful boy and a happy wife, and my priorities have completely changed i don't know if i completely believe that i mean yeah certainly the first part's true but i'll bet it does matter to him
1: thinking about it in terms of having competed sometimes you get to a stage and you're like man i really want to win but you also realize if you don't everything's gonna be all right you know and it's probably him reaffirming himself of that a little bit Yep. Um, one thing that I remembered distinctly was when we went to 2018 world field championships, I was the defending champion. And I remember getting there and going, you know what? I still, no matter what happens here, they aren't taking away the one I already won. That'll always be there, you know? And, uh, that was just something that came into my mind. Um, you know, I wasn't telling myself anything to try to reassure myself or, Deflect or anything of that nature. It was just, it was just what was on my mind, and I'm sure Brady's thinking that way too. Like, hey, we're here. You know, it's not a bigger moment than what it needs to be. And when I when I go home, this you know, it's right back to life for him. So it's, uh, but I do think he is obviously out there and wants to win. But you know, some stuff he told me recently. I I think he's treating this like another tournament wants to go win, not going to make it bigger than it is because it it doesn't have to be.
0: Ultimately, as uh, Jeff said in his article, the qualifying round is an interesting test of the archers level, but it doesn't win you any medals match play is what counts. And when you consider Brady certainly got the inner fire going on because, you know, yesterday when he realized that his team was down where it was, he just thought to himself, all right, I need to step up, shoot a 350 to get the team higher up. That's competitive fire right there. Brady is yeah. playing to win.
1: Yeah, like okay, I'll just do it myself.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You don't you don't do that if you don't have competitive fire. So there's no doubt in my mind, Brady may be saying the things he's saying to the media, but he is absolutely as competitive as he's ever been right now in Tokyo. Right. So, as the mixed teams are getting underway in just a few hours, we're going to keep up with the latest developments from Tokyo. You can follow along on Steve Anderson Archery on Facebook, on Easton Target Archery on Facebook. Steve, your gram is.
1: Steve Anderson 88 eight.
0: for the gram. For and, the gram, uh,
1: I, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah and uh, and I don't have a public Facebook page. I just have friends. so
1: <laughs> we'll just right
0: just uh, we'll just you know, I think that uh, one of the great things is that uh, streaming seems to be available on NBC and that's going to be uh, pretty easy to use if you have a cable provider. Uh, you just sign in with your cable provider on NBC's app and it seems to work really well. It's nice clear quality and NBC, even though there's a ton of commercials uh, is going to provide some of the best images from the Olympic broadcasting system, OBS. And uh, I'll say this, the opening ceremony, while inspirational, certainly would have been even better if a crowd had been there to see all the hard work of the volunteers in Tokyo that put things together.
1: I got to go see this mega drone dome. Sounds oh great. boy. Was
0: that something? It was amazing. To get a chance to see a replay folks. You will see a technological wonder. As you might expect from Japan.
1: So I guess uh, for us, we're probably going to come back on Monday. Maybe do a, on Monday we'll be uh, talking the happenings of the mixed team, women's team, and the men's team, which will all have been concluded by that. Yep,
0: and we've got Tom Dealin lined up to give us uh, both his analysis of what happened with the mixed teams, as well as the inside stories of what's happening on the field. So we'll uh, we'll have all of that probably on Monday. Uh, that's the plan for now. And so okay. we'll wrap this and uh, thanks for your time, Steve.
1: Happy to do it. I, I hope it's coherent to the listeners. Well, that, come on.
0: <laughs> any, of, any of the listeners that we still have are already well acquainted with our lack of coherence.
1: Yeah, that one guy who's listening still, he's got his laptop pulled up to the brackets and he's following along. So.